0: and I am part of the women's teaching team at Life Point Church. This week, we are studying 1 Peter, chapters three, verse eight, through chapter four, verse 19. First, I'd like to do a brief review of the previous weeks, just in case you have missed anything. Peter has a definite theme running through this letter. We have learned that we are chosen to be obedient to Jesus, and we are promised an inheritance with Jesus in heaven. We also learn that through our faith, We are shielded and protected by God's power. What a powerful thing to remember, especially after Peter tells us that we will suffer griefs and trials. Peter does tell us why. It is to refine our faith. His teachings then remind us and challenge us to praise and glorify Jesus during these times. It is this act of worshiping Jesus through trials that fills us with his inexpressible and glorious joy. Joy in trials, such a strange concept for the world to understand. Peter then challenges us to be holy. God tells us twice in Leviticus 11:44 and 45 that because he is holy, we should be holy. Holy living, that's a great goal. He's also told us about ways to do that in a sinful world and why. First Peter 2:12 says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Lastly, Peter also challenges us to take a hard look at submission, showing proper respect and to live as God's slaves. At the end of 1 Peter chapter 2, we see that Jesus was our example. He who has committed no sin and suffered for us, for you, leaves the greatest example that we should follow. We are going to expound on that in this week's text. 1 Peter 3, 18-22. I've titled this part of my teaching, Why Did Good People Suffer? Isn't that the million dollar question? How many times have we heard that as a Christian or even thought that? In fact, it's even the excuse why some choose not to believe in God. They say, if there was a God, there wouldn't be any suffering. Bad things wouldn't happen to good people. Sadly, it is easy to say why people suffer, both good and bad, it's sin. We live in a sin-filled world. We can't change that. Jesus' death and resurrection gave us redemption from our sin, and the wages of our sin being death, when we accepted him as our Savior, but it didn't change that we live in a sin-filled world. We're told over and over in the Bible that this world we will have trouble. In fact, Jesus himself told us this in the book of John when speaking with his disciples about his coming crucifixion. He says in John 16.33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Peter starts this part of his epistle with the word finally. This lets us know that he's tying up his thoughts so far in this section. Peter has issued several challenges previously, but here lays a really big challenge on us. In 1 Peter 3:9 says, "Do not repay evil with evil." or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called, so that you may inherit a blessing. What? This is certainly not the way of our sinful world. This world is full of tit for tat, so why do we have to be different? Why do we have to turn the other cheek when we've been wronged? Peter tells us in part B of this verse, and in verses 10 and 11, it's because to this you are called, So that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. This is really hard. It might be a little easier to do if we were not being challenged or attacked, but God says, either way, we have been called to walk with Jesus, to be like minded with Jesus. This is how our section of scripture starts. 1 Peter 3 8. Finally, all of you, be like minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Jesus showed us how. When he was being tried, mocked, and tortured for the sins that he didn't commit, Jesus didn't hurl insults. Instead, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That's Luke 23 34. Peter then repeats the benefit for following this instruction in verse 14, saying, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. This is twice that we are told we will have a blessing. It is important to note that Peter is talking about suffering for what is right, for being a follower of Jesus. This promised blessing does not apply to suffering as a result of ungodly living. Those type of sufferings are consequences of that ungodly behavior. Peter then goes on to quote Psalms 34, 12 through 16. In these scriptures, we are reminded that if, or perhaps should I say when we suffer for God, that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to our prayers. That means when we struggle, when we suffer, we should turn to the Lord. He sees us. He hears us. He's always with us. During times of trial, hardship, and pain, the book of Psalms is a great place to read and pray the word of God. The psalmists are real, open, and honest about their pain and heartache. I love what Sheila Walsh says in one of her books. Whatever you are going through right now, you will find language for your soul in the Psalms. Peter then adds this challenge of repaying evil with good, but also now says that we should be prepared at all times to give a reason for the hope that we have. That means that those around us need to see that we have hope. This can't be that silent inner hope of hanging on, but a visual and verbal hope that God is with us. Peter says that we should keep a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior would be ashamed. Keeping a clear conscience doesn't mean that we should get good at hiding sin or ignoring the nudging of the Holy Spirit to constantly look at ourselves, asking for forgiveness where we need it, and to diligently strive for holy living. 1 Peter 3:17 For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Peter finishes chapter 3 talking about God's plan and Christ's sufferings. Just a reminder, Christ suffered for a sinful world, but he was not sinful. He didn't need to suffer for himself to be saved but he suffered for God's plan to save us. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. In verse 20 and 21, this section about Noah seems to be dropped in the middle for no reason. And it is really a study in itself. But Peter is talking about the flood, how God saved Noah, his family, and the earth, from all the ungodly acts of sin, back from the Garden of Eden. It's likely referring a lot to the fallen angels that engaged in sinful sexual relations with human women, as mentioned in Genesis. At that time, God saved Noah and his family from all that sin through water, which was the flood. Now, after Jesus, we're not saved by water or water baptism, but by the Holy Spirit of God, or the Spirit baptism, and through Jesus' selfless acts and suffering. Jesus is now rewarded by once again being at the right hand of God. Verse 22 says, He who has gone into heaven is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Peter is telling us that Jesus is Lord over every power and authority, and we as believers in Jesus are victorious through his resurrection. Now we move into 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 1 is an interesting verse. 1 Peter 4.1 says, Therefore since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Peter tells us to arm ourselves. Do you think that Peter was telling us to physically put on battle gear? No, but he was telling us to be prepared. Life is a battle. The sinful world is really hard. We need to be prepared for it. Don't use all your energy running around to avoid the sufferings or troubles, but instead arm yourself with the attitude that things will come and God is with us to help through these times. It doesn't mean that you go looking for trouble, no, but trust yourself in God's hands. Hold to his truths. Choose to repay evil with good and show your hope to those around you. God promises blessings and the power of the Holy Spirit are yours when we suffer for good and for our belief in God. Or for no other reason than it's God's plan, who is doing a good work in you. So arm yourselves also with the same attitude, the attitude of Christ. Peter says in verse 1b, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. This doesn't mean that anyone who suffers in the body will never sin again. No, we will all still need to strive to walk a holy and godly life, But if we adopt the attitude that when we suffer as a result of sin and sickness in this world, we join Jesus, who also suffered. His suffering made a way to a pathway of glory and life after suffering. The no more sin is really the end, resting, or living place with Jesus. Please dwell on this. Sink it deep into your heart and soul. There will be struggles and suffering, but Jesus knows. He sees our pain. He hears our prayers. God promises his Holy Spirit will be with us always, but especially in times of suffering. Arm yourself and choose to handle these times as Jesus did, reflecting his character, and blessings will be a part as we walk this pathway to glory. 1 Peter 4.2, As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Peter has all these great transitional words. He starts this verse with, as a result. This takes us on a journey. Change your attitude. Choose to leave behind the earthly, sinful life, but rather live for the will of God. For the rest of your earthly life, shrug off evil human desires and put on the attitude of the will of God. This becomes the testimony to those who haven't yet chosen God. Verse 4 says that the world will be surprised that you do not join them in their reckless and wild living. It might even be why they persecute you. But these people will need to give an account for their ungodly living on Judgment Day. This is why the gospel must be lived and preached to save others from the consequences of their sinful, ungodly lives so they too can hear and hopefully choose to live according to the Spirit. Peter tells us in verse 7, that the end is near. Thousands of years later, this may seem strange, but this isn't necessarily about the second coming of Jesus. It could be, but it's also about the end of life for each of us. We will have our judgment day, and life goes faster than we realize. We are called to love each other deeply. Why? Because we're told that love covers over a multitude of sins. To offer hospitality without grumbling, and to use our gifts to serve others. Do you know what your gifts are? Ask God, he will show you. I love the way Peter tells us to do these things in verse 10b and 11. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ, To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Do you remember what amen means? So be it. This means that you're not alone. We have God's words, God's strength, and God's provision for his glory. Lastly for this week, we come to 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Peter is reminding of important points, stressing that he wants the believers to understand and embrace. Remember that Peter has stressed many times in this part of his letter that attitude is important. Peter tells us in verse 12, don't be surprised at the trials and troubles. Peter certainly experienced many and witnessed even more. So attitude check. It isn't strange or a punishment to be a part of this in this fallen and sinful world. I'm not sure which part is more difficult to not be surprised at the continued rising troubles in this world. Are what Peter asks us to do next, Peter says in verse 13, "To rejoice when you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that when His glory is revealed, we may be overjoyed. Wow. That is so hard to rejoice in sufferings. I feel that the only way that we can do this is to be plugged into God, connected to our vine, to pull our joy and life from Him. Amen. Peter clarifies again that if we suffer because our belief in Christ, then we're blessed. Because get this, verse 14 says, the spirit of glory of God rests on you. That's so powerful. Hold on to that. I'm going to say it again. The spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Wow, that can help you set the right frame of mind. Peter again clarifies in verse 15 and 16 that we should strive not to suffer as a result of sinful actions or an ungodly life. He mentioned things like being a murderer, a thief, or a criminal, but also mentions a meddler. Peter's not trying to serve you a checklist so that you can say, I don't do any of those four things, but he's trying to encourage a godly, spirit-led, and holy life. He's reminding that the promise of having the Holy Spirit resting upon you in your suffering is not for when you get yourself into trouble for bad choices and for living a sinful life. Peter uses another transition word, however, in verse 16. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Do not be ashamed. It is an attitude, heart connection again. Believe that Peter is giving us the secret to how to have that attitude change. Did you catch it? It is to praise God. Praise God that you bear his name as Christian. God has a plan and a purpose. Hold on to that. Even when you don't understand it, commit yourself to a faithful creator Reflect his love, mercy, grace, and promises so that we can be a witness to others in times of our trials. Know, really know that God and his powerful Holy Spirit will rest upon you in your times of trial when you suffer for him. This will help you to align your attitude and your heart. Since we know that we will all at some point while living for him suffer as a result of our beliefs and doing good for him, I leave you with the final verse of the week. 1 Peter 4:19 So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Amen. So be it.